um, as Mick was saying, you know, uh, the elders got together and decided that we were going to look at the minor prophets. Um, so Malachi, as Mick just said, is uh, in the Old Testament, and it's actually the last book um, before we get to Matthew. And Malachi was written around, or Malachi was around, and he was a prophet, uh, about 430 BC. And he was about 15 years after Nehemiah. Um, and uh, when Nehemiah came to Jerusalem. And the reason that Nehemiah came to Jerusalem was that he came to rebuild the city walls. There are three main things that I want us to, to look at in this book, or there was three things that I felt God was saying to me as I kind of went through Malachi and the four chapters that are in there. And the first thing is God's love. You know, that's the, that's the first thing that I want to come to and, and bring to us. The second thing was about sin, uh, the sin of the priests in particular and the sin of, of, of the Jews. And then towards the end, the but God and it, you know, the, the theme is but God. And I suppose the main but God in this was that Malachi foretold the coming of Jesus. And that was the but God, you know, even though God loves us and we sin and things come into our life, Jesus came so that we would be right with God. He took away our sin. Nehemiah, his purpose was to rebuild the city or to rebuild the walls around the city of Jerusalem. And um, he was really good at organising the people. So that's what he did. You know, he organised the Jews um, and they managed to rebuild the city within 52 days or, or the walls around the city within 52 days. Um, God's favour was with Nehemiah. And at that time, Ezra, um, he, he led the people in worship. Um, and... I suppose what you could say is at that time, what they were experiencing whilst Nehemiah were, were, were around, they were, they were experiencing a revival at that particular time. But then once Nehemiah had finished and he left the Jews and he left Jerusalem and he went back to Xerxes, King Xerxes, King Xerxes, uh, King Xerxes, what we then start to see, and this is why Malachi comes and through, through God, um, is that the Jews start to rebel again. They seem to forget the commitment that they'd made to God. And we see this time and time again in the Old Testament. So through Malachi, um, God comes and the first thing that God wants to do, um, is let the people know that he loves them. And I really felt that was the first thing that I really wanted us to, to really kind of get, is that God so loves us. You know, he really loves us. And as Mick was saying, the, the reason for the series that we're doing now is to look, um, you know, how much grace and mercy, you know, despite our frailties, despite what's going on in our lives, Despite our ups and downs, uh, you know, when we fall into sin, you know, the but God is always faithful to us. You know, God never lies. And his heart is totally for us. Um, 
And then you, and also in Malachi, this is what I found really interesting was that right at the, the onset is what you get is you, you hear God saying, but you, but you, but you, you know, we're looking at but God, but God was saying, but you. And that's because they were doing things that he really didn't want them to be doing. And they were saying stuff and, and God was coming back and he was saying, but you are doing these things. Okay, an oracle of the word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord, but you ask, that's the first but you, how have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, the Lord says, yet I have loved Jacob. God is saying, before the rebuke, before he starts to Pick out what's going wrong. He's saying, I love you. I love you. God loves us. He's our father. He's for us. And he loves us unconditionally. Amen. Amen. So through Malachi... God is calling out the priests and he's calling out the Israelites. He's reminding them of their nature, of their actions, and showing them just how dishonest they're being. And especially, you know, being towards him. You see, God wants us to get things right. God wants us to be right with him. The blessings that God has for us are immeasurable. But often, because of our attitudes and because of sin and because of our walk, we can hinder what God has for us. And what I'm bringing today is not a ABC of if you don't do this stuff, God is not going to bless you. That's not what I'm saying. Because we cannot receive any greater blessing than that of Christ's death on the cross for us and eternal life. So we already have the greatest blessing that God can give us. That's what we get. But obviously, we're in the Old Testament and all of this stuff is under law. And like I said, you know, what I'm, what I'm bringing is not about the law. It's about God's grace. It's about the but God. See, many of us can bear witness to God's blessing on us and to those that are not in faith. You know, time and time again, we hear stories of us praying for other people, people that are not in faith, that don't believe, maybe have fallen by the wayside. And we can see the breakthrough because God hears our prayers. God loves us. God answers prayer. By praying into other people's lives and into situations, we see the but God. We see God breaking through. And in that, our faith is strengthened. 
Amen? Amen. So how we walk and how we live out our faith is what I want us to really get a grip of. You know, how we bring and what we bring to one another, to the church, to Weymouth Family Church, to the community, is the message that I want us to, to hear. You know, despite our shortcomings, the but God, the power of God over all of us, is absolutely immense. It's amazing. You know, we continue to receive day after day God's provision, God's grace, God's mercy, God's love. Day after day, time and time again, you know, that's what we hear here. That's what we experience in our life. And God wants us to remain accountable. And God wants us to be in fellowship with him. God wants to bless us in all things. That is the love that he has for us. So as we look at this but God and the meaning but God continues to bless us when our faith may be weak. God continues to answer our prayers even when we stop praying. And when we turn our back, no, God is always for us. Slow to anger, but God, but God, but God. So the first message is God loves us. God loves you. God loves Weymouth Family Church. God loves Weymouth. He loves the community. And especially in those times when you may think, but how? But how does God love me? And we all have those moments. You know, I had that moment when I was coming up. It's like, but how can I do this? You know, because I can kind of reflect and think about all that I've done wrong and think, but how can God love me? Well, he does. And that's our truth. So we know God loves us, and that's our, that's our reality. The next message that I felt God was speaking to me through this was that how we can show our love for God is by honouring him. And God does want us to honour him. You know, by honouring him and being faithful, you know, if you were here uh about two Sundays ago, and we had Andy from Dorchester talking to us. And um, there was a point in, in, the, in his sermon that he was talking about when Jesus was at the temple. And, you know, you would get this image of Jesus, you know, upturning the tables. He's angry, he's angry with what's going on in the temple. And what we see in Malachi a bit further on is the same thing. (coughs) 
I've missed a, a bit in there. Sorry. <laughs> I've missed a bit of scripture. Sorry. Okay. So the bit that I wanted to do, if you want to turn to your Bibles, is Malachi 1, verses 6 to 9. Um, As a son honours his father and a servant his master, if I am the father, where is the honour due to me? If I am the master, where is the respect due to me, says the Lord Almighty? It is you, O priests, who show contempt for my name, but you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? You place defiled food on my altar. When you bring blind animals for the sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice crippled or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept, says the Lord Almighty. So just as Andy was telling us that at that time, um, Jesus, you know, so when the, the priests, when people were coming with their sacrifices for the atonement of their sins, the animals had to be without defect, just like Jesus was, out, was without defect. So did the, did the sacrifices have to be. They had to be without blemish, without sin, without defect, without sin. That was God's requirement. But God and the priests were not looking at the people. They were looking at the sacrifices. And it's the same for us. God is not looking at our sin when we're in Christ. Christ has taken that away from us. God had the solution. And the but God was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You see, this wasn't new to God. So when this was going on and we heard from Andy, when Jesus was in the temple and this was going on, this wasn't new. Just like so for many of us, you know, our situations, we can kind of get tied up and feeling that, well, nobody else has done this. But you know what? God has seen this time and time again. So it's not new. Just as we had the um, testimony about the phone and God knew that you were going to have that experience the following day and he'd kind of set you up from the day before. That's, that's our God. That's what he does. You know, he knows what's happening. He knows what's about to happen for us. So he sets us up, you know, and Jesus came and set us up to put us right before God. Amen. Amen. So, for us, by Christ's blood on the death on the cross, the penalty of death has been paid. You know, but God steps in. There's the but God. He steps in. We receive the blessing. Amen? Yeah? We're okay. Our salvation is covered. Thank you, Jesus. But what's next? What's next for us? What's next for Weymouth Family Church? This is the challenge. And this is what I felt God was laying on my heart. It's not time for us to just kick back and relax. 
You know, we've had many a word. We've been praying faithfully for people to be added. So we have to be in anticipation that God is going to start adding people to us. And just as Andrew Lawrence said at Mix, praying in of lead eldership, that it's going to be messy. Are we prepared? Is our hearts right to receive the mess of people's hearts that are about to come through those doors? God wants our hearts to be right with him. God wants us to honour him so that by honouring him, our hearts are right. And if our hearts are right, then we can help those who don't have what we have. It's time for a health check, guys. If we're not in good health, if our hearts are not right, how can we then do battle? Yes, the battle is the Lord's. And the battle and the victory has already been won. Amen. Amen. But that does not mean that God is not about to start handing out shovels for us to start digging the trenches. Because that is what we're called to do. So we're going to get dirty. We're going to have the shovels and we're going to have to dig. If you do not listen and if you do not set your heart to honour my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them because you have not set your heart to honour me. Now, as I was saying right from the beginning, this is not about us living under law and I'm not about to say in any shape or form that God is about to curse us because that is not where we are we live under grace and it's by grace alone that we receive what God gives us it's not about that it's about us being right in our hearts in our actions and how we play that out and how others see that is the challenge We need to be honouring God in everything that we do. Its relevance is for us right now. This is our time. God has a plan and we all have a part in that plan. Each of us has a testimony. There is somebody out there that through you, God wants to reach. There is somebody out there that through you, God wants to reach. There is something in, of God in all of us that there is somebody out there it is going to appeal to. But, if we're not ready and if we're not training our hearts and if we're not right with God, then we're not best placed to help those when they come. 
you, me, us, Weymouth Family Church, we are all of great importance to God. Please do not rule yourself out from his plans and from the plans and the purposes that he has for Weymouth Family Church and for your lives and my life. If you're here, God wants you to be here. The last thing I want to come and bring in Malachi, and this one is one when I felt really challenged by, and I kind of, I kept going back to Mick. Even last night I was ringing up Mick again, because again my heart was like, oh, you know, and I suppose the real reason why it's, you know, so relevant is because I felt totally, you know, God was speaking to me in it. You know, so it's like, oh, that hurts. But it's okay, you know. Uh, You know, we need to be uncomfortable or or we need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable for God. Yeah, that's okay. It's okay for us to be uncomfortable with being uncomfortable for God. That's where we grow. Amen. Amen. Right. So. Oh, Mr. Bear again. <laughs> right, okay. Let's go back to this bit then. Because this, this is a bit about the heart as well. I forgot about this bit. But I've kind of covered it. But anyway, it's a bit of scripture. So let's just, yeah. So Malachi 2 verse 7. For the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge. And from his mouth men should seek instruction. Because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty. Now, I know it's referring to the priest, but what I felt God was saying to me was that, Gary, we're all called to be messengers. It is not Mick, Steve's sole responsibility to be sending out the message. This is what I was talking about earlier. And if we look at the Great Commission, then what Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20 is that, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, We go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. And that's what I was kind of saying. Let's not rule ourselves out. The value that God places on us. And the purposes that he has for us in building up his kingdom, especially now. You know, we've got the building and we've got the prayers and we've had the prophetic and it's all coming to, you know, it's all on its way. We're in faith. You know, we're praying for 200 people. When those 200 people come through this door, I'm pretty sure that if not half or more are going to be full with stuff that they're going to have to work through. And our purposes, God's plan for us, is to help them to work through that. Anyway, going back to the real uncomfortable stuff, for me anyway. 
Malachi 3, 3, verse 5 to 11. So, I will come near to you for judgment. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless, deprive the aliens of justice, but do not says the Lord Almighty. I, the Lord, do not change. Amen. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you, hear that but you again, but you, Ask, how are we to return? Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because of, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house me in this says the Lord Almighty and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it now as I was saying when I read through Malachi and I read that bit of scripture God really challenged me in my heart. And what he was challenging me was around giving. Now, you see, at the time, tithing, um, under law, the requirements was 10%. Now, we've managed to purchase the building. And us, we are the financiers of Weymouth Family Church. I think what God was kind of challenging me about, me personally, was about the principles. And again, like I said, I'm not here to kind of say, oh, well, you know, if you don't sow into the church, then God is not going to bless you. It's not about that. It's about our hearts. You know, God wants us to give with a thankful heart. So whatever we give, you know, that's between us and God. But I felt challenged by this. And my challenge was, you know, what am I sowing? How much can I sow? Can I sow more? Can I give more? And the answer is yes, I can. I can. And that's my challenge. And the reason why I'm putting myself out here is saying that, you know what, That's what I felt challenged by. And it may be that all of you are doing all that you feel God is calling you to do. But in this scripture, there may be some of you that feel like I felt that because of other things that are going on, that I didn't really want to put myself and and kind of risk myself in my giving. But what I need to remember is that God said, you know, Test me in this. God provides for us. You know, 
we are so blessed. And God does provide. We're in exciting times here for Weymouth Family Church. I truly believe that. But the works that we're called to do and, you know, decorating the church, all the stuff that needs to get done and then sowing out into community, that all takes money. It takes money, it takes prayers. It takes effort. It takes for us to kind of be uncomfortable at being uncomfortable for God. Now, what we give is totally between us and God. And I'm, like I said, I'm not promoting you need to pay for your blessings. That is definitely not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you feel challenged in what you're giving and feel that there may be obstacles in the way to your giving, then God wants us to trust him in this too. But God, but God will provide. And he will continue to provide for all of us. He knows our needs and his provision is great. And it is always enough. And as God says, we can test him in it. We have permission to test God in this. That's what he says to us. Test him in it. So in summary, God loves us. Amen. The but God in this was that he sent Jesus to die for us. That was the big but God. And God does love us. Each and every one of us. He knows our hearts. He knows exactly where we are. And he meets us at that point. That was the first thing that he was saying. I love you. I love you guys. But he also wants us to honour him. God wants us to honour him. And our hearts have to be right when we're honouring God. That's what God is saying. You know, he wants our hearts to be right. That's what God is looking for. That's what he's looking into our hearts. So we know God loves us. And we know God is for us, you know, and we know that God is always prompting us, helping us, changing us, loving us. But he really wants our hearts to be right with him. And I suppose what I'm saying is, is, is there something or is there an area in your life that you feel that your heart needs to kind of get some accountability. How we get to change is not by keeping this stuff into ourselves. How we get to change, how we get to get our hearts right with God is by one, making ourselves vulnerable, two, by trusting him, and three, by making ourselves accountable to God. And that accountability has to be with others. God works through others to help us. That's how it is. 
health check. How is your heart? Is there something God is saying to you that he wants you to put right? And then thirdly, giving. What are we giving? Time. Love. Money. God wants you to sow and sow faithfully. But God loves you. God loves us. God loves me. He loves us. And he's for us. Amen? Amen.